I know I'm popular, Chris. What do you have to say about yourself? My kids like me? Okay, my dogs like me. Let's just go there. Mm, they like me more. I am so glad this is not like a YouTube video and just a podcast, because you take <laughs> the look on your face is like, I am taking great glee and in insulting you. I actually, <laughs> I was uh, running my AL game last night. And uh, they were getting attacked by ropers, and they were like, could you stop looking so gleeful when yeah. you're surprised attacking us? And I was like, but it's a 20, a natural 20. Uh, yeah, I'm sh- that's probably not the first time you've heard that. They've heard that? No. I've heard that? You've heard that from them about stop being so happy. I know we kind of told you that. When we go into an encounter and you start smiling, we're fucked, and we know it. Hey, I get excited. You know, I can't help if you guys aren't excited by combat, so that'll probably end in someone dying. Welcome to the No Int Here, the podcast, the only official podcast of the Dumpstat Adventures blog website. So close, that little pause. I don't pause. know which one it is. Oh, let's go to a website. Okay, website, yay. Hooray. Dumpstat Adventures website. Okay. I'm so good at this opening thing. Yeah, uh, we'll get it one day. You had it all the way up to blog? <laughs> I questioned myself, and that should never happen. You know what, guys? If you're a DM, never question yourself. Charge blindly forward. Crushing their your party's hopes and dreams. Okay. It's a word of advice from a me to you. A lesser god, really, yeah. to uh to his mortal peasants. Wait, does that make me a peasant? Makes the other DMs peasants. You're below the other mortal peasants. Oh, we're losing listeners left and right right now. I know you had something you want to talk about. <sighs> Let's start with backstory. Backstories? Yes, and then we will go into Part two, which we'll see if we want to talk about that. <laughs> okay. Backs. <laughs> it's It uh, makes me sad to think about what we might discuss on part two. As a DM, I deal with a lot of backstories. I have a couple of different campaigns I run. A couple of different characters in each campaign. So, you know, it, it adds up. There are good backstories. Uh, there are a lot of bad, bad stories out there, actually. <laughs> and I, I, I just want to know. Well, I guess not know, but. I guess we're going to talk about what makes a good backstory, Chris. Now, you are the king of making good backstories, right? Yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, I know you've never seen the movie Bull Durham. I, you know, you've never seen... What? You've never seen the movie Bull Durham. Kazuntite? And just for you, I'm going to do this. There's a great line in that movie where... I'm sorry. What is this called? Bull Durham. It's about the Durham Bulls, who are a minor league team... In North Carolina, it's a great sports movie, but yeah. soccer, baseball. Just stop talking. Uh, so, is that the one with the ball? Yeah, and the bat, which I might find and hit you with. The there's a great line in that. Susan Sarandon is talking about how, in a previous life, she you know was Cleopatra, and Ooh. how she thinks that some of the things that Cleopatra did, she can see carrying forward into this life now. <laughs> Uh, the Kevin Costner character is eating cereal and he just starts laughing because he goes, why wasn't anybody Joe Schmo in a previous life? How come people weren't just like, oh, I was a farmer? And he just starts laughing and like choking on his Rice Krispies. And that's what I think about backstories. Why isn't anybody just like, yeah, I grew up in a middle-class family and uh, it's my version of got a sword and I'm going to go to college, except I'm going to go kill things. Well, I mean, you can do that, but Where's the interest? Where's the intrigue, Chris? There's Where's the, the I'm very special? 
you make yourself special. If you're writing all this background on how you were special before, what's the point of, you know, why do you go out and kill things? Because you're just like, I'm a badass already. I don't need to go out and do shit. No, I'm I'm with you. I It is interesting that people will make a character that is basically just, I'm extremely important and everyone around me should know that. Or, no, I'm... I'm actually the lost nephew, uh, three times removed from the king. So really, yeah, why my ass should be on that throne? <laughs> exactly. That that is my point. Because they're not that. You know, people are normal. That people don't want to play a normal character. People want to be something different. Yeah, but for me, the glory comes when the game starts. I don't need this horrible. Uh, you know, I don't need to be a, have been kicked out of my homeland because my evil father's brother's cousin's sister didn't like me or well but i mean you need hooks okay i think we can separate backstories into a couple of different things okay and i agree with you on the hooks a backstory my general rule uh for new players is the most interesting things to happen to your character should not be what's happened in their backstory Yes. Now, I know, you know, characters going into a game don't always know, hey, what what is all of the major crazy things that are going to happen in this adventure? Unless, of course, they read the book and then they're just dicks. Yes, unless they read the book <laughs> ahead of time, which is... Yeah, that's a subject for another time. That's that, another day. Yeah. But when a... But you know, when you're creating a character that had all of his power taken away by a lich and he <laughs> saved a lich from a shambling mound and... How, you know, all these liches, I wish I was making this up, all these liches <laughs> loved him, and uh, he had, like, these big romances with these, like, head of, uh, like, the Red Wizards Guild, like, at that point, you kind of, you do kind of realize, maybe all the interesting things about him happened in his backstory. Right. Does he listen to this And not happening in the, in, in the <laughs> adventure. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Well, he better start, number one, and number two, hopefully he'll learn something. It's when looking at your backstory, don't make it seem like one of the biggest tropes I have a problem with is I used to be super fucking powerful. And then this lich came, drained away all my power, and, and, and now I'm back down to level one. Right. What? Like, what? That's not fun. No. Like, it's like, well, why are you with these level one adventurers then if you're supposed to be someone super powerful? Yeah. Why aren't you going back and trying to get your powers back or just deciding, eh, I'll retire. Right. <laughs> now, I'm not saying you can't do that, but you need to have talked to your DM ahead of time and mm -hmm. say, I have this idea for a character. And if the DM is like, I don't think that's going to work for this campaign, just shelve it. Just, you know, don't make a fuss about it. That is a very intense backstory. And you can do those intense backstories correctly, but not every character should have an intense backstory. No, because what are you going to do with, let's say, four players that all have these insane yeah. backstories? It's the same lich that just went around and drained all their power. <laughs> I mean, which is a setup for a campaign in and, of, in and of itself right which is great if that's what everyone wants to do and the dm is on board then you know run that story but not everyone should have such a crazy backstory where they are the lost nephew of this king three times removed but now everyone that should inherit the throne is gone now so they need to do it but their evil uncle is in the way and you know, mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's not everyone is related to the king. Yeah, I know. The I guess the issue is you've already started if you do a back backstory like that, you've already started making the campaign about you. Yeah. 
you know, and it's not about you. It's a it's a team game. So, I mean, it's fun to have backstories that aren't these major quests because then you can do, you know, as a DM, I'm sure you I know you do at our table. You tailor little things in their backstory to make adventures. You know, we have some of that going on right now. Nothing is just like if I don't do X, the universe will crumble kind of players. But we had someone who, you know, hey, we had to rescue their cousin because it was a bad family situation. That's nothing huge. She wasn't going to rescue her cousin and then become queen of the druids. She just liked her cousin and wanted to save her. And the party can buy into that unless you're going up a fucking really cold mountain. And then that sucks. You know, so th- there's... A really, really cold mountain covered in ice and snow with yetis and kobolds. Yeah. And a dragon, which <laughs> at level three, everyone, or four, excuse me, everyone's like, let's go fight the dragon. And I was like, I'm leaving. <laughs> Don't care how well tailored you did this dragon to, so that we could do something with it. We're level four. <laughs> I have to say, I'm really sad you guys didn't go look at the dragon. Well, they all were going to. And I said, I'm leaving. <laughs> I, I want nothing to do with a dragon at level four. I mean, I should have looking back because, you know, I'm on a new character anyway. That's how you get a treasure hoard, Chris. How else do you get treasure if you don't defeat the dragon? How do you get the hoard if you're dead? It's not my problem. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and that look of One bleed. of you might have survived. Fantastic. And oh. since you're always hanging out in the back, probably would have been you. Yeah, but he doesn't exist anymore. We'll get into that later. My, well, for example, okay. I'm starting a new character. Yes. This way I don't have to write it down and I can just tell you the backstory right now. <laughs> I still want it single space, at least 10 pages long, front and back on the sheet So you can just like pick it up and be like, yeah, you pass and throw it away. <laughs> well, so I can use it in a campfire. Okay, So fantastic. it can burn through the night. I had a professor in college where I basically half-assed my final thesis and he called me out on it and failed me oh. and then said, you have 48 hours to rewrite this and rewrite it well and do what the fuck you're supposed to do i spent 48 hours writing my ass off brought it to his office like you know this is like a week before graduation brought it to his office he just took it looked at the cover page kind of held on to it for a while he goes yeah this looks you get a c and just threw it in the trash didn't read a fucking word (laughs) basically it was just like it was his fuck you like you wasted my time i just wasted your time you can pass because it was my senior year i was like, yeah. holy shit. Anyways, that's what I think you'll do to me. All right. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I take a careful notation of everyone's backstory and Yeah, no, I get that. Actually, I more of more or less what I do with backstories is I read them. I let them germinate for a little bit and then I kinda see where I can fit them in to the campaign. Right. And I mean, depending on what type of campaign I'm running, I want different I I'm looking for different types of backgrounds. Like when I was running Curse of Strahd, I was interested in backgrounds in so much that I could give them like little mm. uh, clues that they uh, could take on once they got out of Strahd, Strahdlandia. Yeah. Yep. And so that, so the backstory wasn't a key thing when you were in Barovia, but I was trying to throw in a little bit of breadcrumbs in Barovia so that you guys had something to do once you got out. You had a reason to kind of travel together once you guys got out of Strahdlandia. Yeah, and it worked out well because yeah. we did. Yeah. The, uh, so yeah, so I know you don't want to hear my backstory, but I wanted to play something different. Okay. And our frontline fighter wants to be a wizard. So uh, that concerned me. And our druid, who it, it is awesome frontline fighter, she wants to cast more spells. So I went fighter. Fighters are boring. So I went samurai. 
never played one before. I thought it'd be cool. My backstory is simple, and I'm a half orc samurai. I know that makes little sense. It a was. filthy happy. Yep. So, long story short, human mother marries orc father. They live with the orc encampment. Born now half orc. Wait, human mother? Yes, human mother. God, that sounds painful. It does. Did she make it? Yes. Okay. So they live there. Orcs aren't too happy. Father goes off to fight because that's what orcs do. Dies in battle. Rest of orcs say, get the fuck out, human. Take your bastard baby with you. You're half-breed. So she leaves and then is put under the care of a lord of, I don't know. I haven't gotten that far, but some lord. Okay. Question real quick. Are you the child of the orc war chief? No, no. No, just a, a warrior, a orc warrior. Okay. But when was your father's name Xavier? No. Are you through yet? <laughs> no, I'm not doing World of Warcraft. Okay. Well, no, no, that that was a cut back to Leaf's Revenge, where the oh yeah, the bards, <laughs> the would be orc bards, name oh, is Xavier. God. So you've already forgotten about our beautiful adventure. I have. Because uh, I'm on to the next one. Link in the show notes. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See. Yeah. Always thinking of promoting. There you go. ABC, always be closing. That has nothing to do with promoting. Closing would be closing. Shut up! <laughs> so, ABP doesn't make sense. Yeah. Mother comes under care of a lord. Okay. He has samurai protecting him. You know, that's his thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a samurai. I'm angry. I'm a kid. You know, the dad's dead. And you kill your mother. I have to In move. cold blood. No. Have to move out. Leave all the people I know behind. Uh-huh. So, you know, let's say the... Head samurai says, wow, the kid's angry. We can channel that anger. Train to become a samurai. Become a samurai. First, second battle, whatever. The lord dies. And when your lord dies as a samurai, you have lost your honor and you become a ronin. You're still a samurai. And you commit Sudoku. No. It's seppuka. I know it's seppuka. Please don't yell at me. Yeah, no. (laughs) So as a ronin, you no longer have a kingdom and you wander. I'm still young. This was only like the second battle. So I'm going out adventuring. Sounds like you picked the wrong side. I did. But that's it. That's my backstory. Okay. You know, I, I, if I, did your was, mother live? Yeah, she's alive. Sure. Somewhere. Why not? Okay. Um, you know, but she, no, let's kill her. She's dead. Oh, how she died in the battle. Oh, she was also a samurai. <laughs> no, they tried to take over the manor and they were successful. Okay. So, I mean, did I kick around the idea of, hey, you know what? After the Lord dies, his evil son takes over and says, we have no place for a half-breed samurai in this place. You are banished. And then he stabs you in the gut and you die and you make a new character. Yeah, and you get banished out and you want to go back. Or maybe like the evil half-brother twin took over, even though the other brother was five minutes, was born five minutes before him. So he's the rightful heir to the throne. I'm feeling personally attacked for being a twin. Exactly. Uh, who was first? I was, by 11 minutes. Okay, so you should rightfully own the throne. Exactly. Um, holy shit, by 11 minutes? Yeah. Your mom must hate your brother. <laughs> she like, hates one of us. She's <laughs> like, I finally got one out. Get the other one out now. So, I mean, that's it. I didn't want to get crazy like that. It's just, you know, I think a Ronin who is trying to gain regain his lost armor, uh, honor is story enough. Okay. Nothing exciting. Yeah. I mean... To your point, you have several hooks that I can right. use. And so, like, with these hooks, like, you know, I have the Orc War Band that uh, you used to be a part of. Mm-hmm. I have maybe other Ronins that were, like, traveling the land and maybe, like, you know, they, they pick up with other people or they're you're like, maybe they have, like, an intense hatred of half-orcs now and they're just like, I'm going to kill him. It was his fault. Yep. He was 
only there for one or two battles, obviously he has bad luck. Yeah. So, I mean, there's plenty of things I can work with that. Of course, you killed all of your parents, so... You know, and I hate having parents. I just the, everyone in D and D or any RPG hates having parents. Yeah, it's because you know I have to deal with my parents in real life. I don't want to have to deal with it in D and D. And my parents aren't listening, so I, well, they're like like there's this phobia of having parents in your backstory. Like the DM is going to like be like use them against your character, or you like like. Get them killed, and then it's like, oh, but then I have to play sad. And it's like, I don't want to play sad. But really, because in our last campaign, one guy, let's see, the ranger had a mom, and she was a bitch. Uh, excuse me. He messed up, so he deserved to pay the, the penalty. Fine. But see, having parents, no, no good came from it. <laughs> let's see. Actually, my favorite part of that was because uh, his father died while he was away, and he's like, I don't know if I like my father. So he rolled a D20 and got an 18. He's like, oh, man, I really liked him. <laughs> nice. Let's see. One of the other characters had, well, his father died. And it was his evil uncle. But see, that's still family. There was, in our current campaign, the I mean, to dad, be fair, dad is a druid. killed his parents in his backstory. Valid point. Yeah. No, yeah, that wasn't on me. Yeah, But I mean. And he have- set me up to have an evil uncle. So Yeah, I know. We, and oh, of course, he was the rightful heir to the throne. Yeah, of course. Of the Dugar, no less. Dugar? Weirgar? Yeah, whatever. Evil dwarves. I don't know. I, 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 Dugar, Dweirgar, Durgar, like, that's like the same thing with like, so who again, Sahagan? Yeah. So who, what again? Like, I, yep. Dweirgar, Sahagan. That's how I pronounced it in my childhood. That's how I'm pronouncing it in my adulthood. Okay, that works for me. <laughs> Anytime I've seen family involved, well, that's it's not, annoying. No, that's not true. The person whose cousin that you had to save from the dragon about a week or so before her wedding, her dad was very nice to you guys. He made me go up a fucking mountain. It was he cold. didn't make you do it. The party did. True. He just showed up wild shape because he's a he, he's a, a wandering druid and you know helped you guys out. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, sure. He did threaten the satyr though. So there's that. Yeah, go tar satyr <laughs> character. Oh God, there's yeah. So. Yeah, backstories, they serve a purpose. Like you said, it gives you some creative license yeah. to make I, stories. Yeah, and kind of going back to what I was talking about, I need, depending on what type of campaign you're running, you should adjust your backstory for it. Like, it's great to have ideas for, you know, a character that you really, really want to play. Sometimes it doesn't work in that campaign that's going for it. Right. That the party wants to play. Like, if you're playing a Curse of Strahd campaign... It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be like a like this prince that has to go take back his land from uh, his family. Like you got dragged into Barovia, yeah. You should be more of a type of person that is trying to bring light to the darkness, not just obsessed with your own personal lineage and not caring anything about the people of Barovia. Or yeah, because your main concern is getting the fuck out of Barovia, yeah. <laughs> or playing a kobold that wants to eventually become a dragon, like. Although, that could be fun. Yeah. I mean, I'm not down. Yeah, because it's a fucking kobold. <laughs> and that's going in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's not talk about kobolds. There's, but then, like, I'm doing a, another campaign where you guys are in a city, and it's pretty much, what do you guys want to do? Right. And that's the point where you can have a bit of a, a more meaningful backstory, because you need something that is pulling your character forward. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's less on me. It's, like, there's still a plot in the background, 
but it is focused on your characters and what they want to do. And it's focused on you guys moving forward the plot yourself. It is less focus on me telling you a story, more of you guys creating a story together. And that's when you can have a little bit crazier of a background. Yeah. Again, I, I just come back to backgrounds are fun. They're interesting to do. They provide you with some hooks. But your how your character should be developed in game. He shouldn't be fully developed before the game starts. And I I mean, I don't I don't have a problem with it. I guess the thing is too, you know, back in one E, there was no such thing as a backstory. You just magically appeared and you were in a tavern <laughs> and you got your first quest. That's I'm how I'm a magic man. Yes, exactly. Wait no, magic user you, magic and then user it's fighting, fighting man. man. Which is weird. Yeah, it is. So that was you know, I guess that's maybe why I have some issues with it, because you know, I never did a backstory. Like I said, you just magically appeared and you were always in a tavern and you found a map to a dungeon. So you Went down the dungeon. And did you keep these characters after each dungeon, or did you? No, we did. We, uh, I, the campaign I ran when I was a teenager. Evolved during. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we had we played the same. They played the same characters for a couple years. I think you didn't kill them. No, it was fun. They all liked their characters. Yeah. Plus, it's one E was a lot more interesting. Number one, it was fucking hard to level up. Once you got to like seven, I mean, you could just play forever and get as much experience as you could and it's hard to level up but you want to get to the point where you know nowadays you're getting to a higher level and you're looking for artifacts and you're finding you know you're floating through the astral sea and going to different planes you know you're high enough level that you can do that stuff one e was i'm getting myself a fucking castle yeah well i mean one e didn't have the astral sea Right. So you're building yourself a castle and then you're getting henchmen and you're waging war on people. Yeah. You don't need a you're developed your character. Why need a backstory? I'm a fucking god on my in my own castle. Well, and I I think you'd probably like the OSR approach to the to building a character which is you build up the stats first and then you uh, like the character is created during gameplay. Basically, you figure out how your character behaves once you actually start playing the game. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot less focus on, oh, I had this fully fleshed out character idea and back- backstory and things of that nature. And so you are, I mean, you're pretty much doing what you described back in 1E, whereas you start creating a character after you begin the game. And, I mean, 1E is part of the OSR. Yeah. No, it, games. Well, again, it's not that I have anything wrong with backstory. I like the fact that you just don't magically appear. I like the fact that, you know, you tell a little story about, this is how I ended up here. Here was my life up to this point, and this is how I got to this point. Yeah. But it just shouldn't be this long, convoluted story that, uh, you know, you are going to be king of the universe. Yeah, and going along with that, there is a time and place when you can be king of the universe for your character. But that's also something that you need to talk to the DM first about. Not just be like, here's my backstory, and then expect it to, uh, like, the DM to just work it in. There has to be conversations between you and the DM, like even just for simple backstories like yours. Like there should be a couple of back and forth questions just to make sure mm-hmm. everyone's on the same page. Because I would hate for you to be like, I didn't mean to like it. If, if you don't tell me anything about like your father is like, well, he was the orc war chief yeah. and you are going to become this huge, important orc that's going to unite all the war bands across Europe. And it's just like, wait, what? Yeah, I I was just a simple samurai. I, it was just an excuse so I could be a half-orc. Yeah. 
No, and I mean, that brings up a good point. The responsibility to create a backstory that fits in with the DM's vision of what the campaign will be is on both the DM and the player. The player should do a background, but the player needs to present it to the DM so that they can have a discussion. So like you said, you can flesh it out a little bit so there's not magical surprises after, you know, hey, we're round three. Oh, by the way. No, game doesn't work like that. So backstories serve a purpose. And like you said, sit down and have a conversation. And it's a two-way street. You could be like, I don't think that really works for what we're planning on doing. Or you could be, as the DM, you could be like, hmm, that's actually pretty good. Did you think of this? And then the player may have thought of something that he didn't even realize, and you can kind of add it in there. Because maybe in the DM's brain, you're thinking to yourself, that's not bad, but if we just tweaked it this much, it gives me, I have a really good idea for this. Yeah. And both people have to be open. Mm-hmm. My The way that I have created backstories like when i first started in D, i just created silly backstories like one time i was a ranger with amnesia and i woke up after my i guess ranger friends i didn't put that much thought into it uh <laughs> had gotten slaughtered by goblins and so i was like they're now my favorite enemy and i had a little squirrel with me uh and then joof the ranger joof uh got killed by hobgoblins and got eaten by hobgoblins the squirrel made it out though that's terrifying on so many levels it explains so much about me why does everybody have a pet these days ah the squirrel didn't do anything i don't even think i named the squirrel i think i just called it squirrel i mean right now in our current campaign we have a trash panda a kleptomaniac trash panda so a trash panda yeah and a baby chicken a chick chickadee i don't know yeah it's I don't know where people are getting this from. Everybody wants to have a pet. I didn't have a pet. I had a fucking shield guardian, man. Screw that little chick. I mean, shield guardian was your pet. Until he became, you know, self-aware. And then <laughs> He was still a pet. No, he really wasn't. I think it worked the other way around. I think I was his pet. There you go. <laughs> My issue isn't with backstories. I like it. Okay, what's I mean, your issue? The insane, the one and a half page backstory that you gave me about, I mean, it reads like a fucking resume. It's like, here's my entire life before I came up to it. Oh, and, you know, we were laughing about this earlier. And a lich took a straw and sucked all my life force out. So I'm back to level one, and there we go. I mean, he has he has places and specific dates of yep. what happened in chronological order. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I told him, like, because this is AL, I was like, and I try to include backstory as much as I can within AL type things, but it's like, I can't work with this. <laughs> I'm wondering why you're even with this party. Like, why are you with this group? Do you feel like you crush dreams when you say that? Sometimes. Okay. Does it make you happy? I mean, I, I don't like telling people, like, hurting like people's thoughts. Like, you know, like, he obviously put a lot of thought into this. He obviously put a lot of work into it. I, I, I don't want to tell someone, you know, it's like, this is trash and you should feel bad. <laughs> so I told, like, you can keep this as your backstory, but I can't do anything with it. Right. Now, if you want to reimagine your backstory, dial it back a good bit. I can actually work with that. Like, I can add in small things into the campaign so that, like, mm-hmm. you know, like you feel like your character is important to the story. But I can't work with something where, you know, you saved a lich from a shambling mound and when you're like, I don't know, like 15 years old, like that, if that's like one of like the first major accomplishments of your life and then it just continues from there, I, I can't help you. Yeah, we can we can change your whole backstory to, and then you fought the Shambling Mound to protect the Lich, and you died. <laughs> there we go. Backstory <laughs> over. And yeah, the um, Lich kills you. and Kills you. Yeah. 
So. Apparently that shambling wound was the lich's lover. <laughs> oh, gross. I think we've covered all the bases on backstory. Well, no, we have not. Oh, tell me. No. I'm excited. Flaws. They're... Your backstory oh, yeah. should obviously tell a little bit about your character, but it shouldn't just be, yeah, I'm the best assassin ever. I'm like a uh, top tier assassin. It's like, you're fucking level one. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Your, <laughs> your flaw, you should have a flaw in your background. What happened to uh, change your life to make you become an adventurer? I had the idea for, because like I... I never liked the idea of playing like teenage like adventurers or like twenty year old adventurers. I, I I really liked the idea of like playing like a middle aged gnome who was an accountant. And then like just one day he was like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm so going he had to a midlife adventure. crisis. Yeah, basically, like, that's his fault. He had a midlife crisis, and now he's you know like he has a sword. He has no idea what he's doing, <laughs> but he's going to become an adventurer. And he's really good with numbers. Yeah, and it's just like he left his wife and child. It's just like his flaw is. He's a selfish dick. Yeah, he became extremely selfish. He had a midlife crisis, and now he is running off into the middle of the wilderness, and he <laughs> can't even explain why. So do you think this gnome accountant, uh, new warrior guy, do you think that he'd be like, I'll keep track of the party funds and start like keeping two sets of books to like steal <laughs> some money now that he's a selfish <laughs> bastard? Never show to the police. <laughs> Show to the police. Two sets of books. So yeah, no, that's a good point. So let me ask you. Let me ask you a question then. Okay. On the backstory that I uh, just gave you, would the flaw be lost honor? Uh, would that work, or should there be something a little more detailed? I think his flaw right now is probably uh, more emotional than anything else because you know he lost his mother. He lost a place where he felt belonged mm-hmm. has now been taken away from him. And that's what's called him to become an adventurer is he lost everything. He's yeah. kind of wandering around. He Probably now he doesn't quite know what to do with his life. Well, that, And that's the whole point of a ronin. A samurai lives by a code of honor. Yeah. And once their lord dies, they have lost their honor. Yes, he lost everybody else in his life. His dad died. His mom died. You know, the guy that he was supposed to basically worship and protect died i kind of want like the first session he's introduced to the party someone else dies so he's like i'm fucking cursed <laughs> i gotta do good i gotta go yeah, i gotta go time to roll a third character um yeah that's actually a really good point nobody throw a flaw into your like the one that we keep harping on like the line that kills me is the last one on the page uh second page last one on the second page he avoids getting entangled in colleague schemes for power he does frequently go out for drinks with them, distinguishing himself as being excellent at bar darts, consistently winning their informal games for years. Like That's a flaw? No. What I'm saying is, he can't imagine his character being bad at something. Yeah. No, that's... Yeah. And he specifically calls out, like, hey, he plays bar darts with these people. He could have just ended it there, but no, he had to add in a sentence, and he consistently wins their informal tournaments. Like, mm-hmm. he's a winner. Like, he always does good things. Like... This is backstories. You can embellish them as much as you want because it's before the dice ever roll. Mm-hmm. Once dice start hitting the table or dice box, then then you're no longer this perfect person. And that's when people start creating, I'm the most excellent assassin. And then they're level one and they roll and they get a natural one on their, like their, like their person is supposed to kill. And it's like, I suck at this. <laughs> you are not the most powerful. Every time it kind of comes for them to assassinate a character just by, you know, uh, 
the fiat of the the dice gods like they just keep rolling natural ones trying to assassinate someone it's like you know don't write something that is in your backstory that makes you this insane powerful person because you haven't rolled dice yet you don't actually know how this character is going to shape up once the game starts going yeah exactly so you know you could say like i trained under an extremely powerful assassin i want to start my own school of assassination and so here we are and it's like well Dude, you're not really good at this. <laughs> Keep rolling ones every time you get a chance to assassinate someone. You may want to work on your skills a little bit before you open a school. You can still be an insane assassin, but you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to, like, your character actually has to work for it. Right. That's the whole point of playing and the game. You, the player, have to work towards your character getting that. Mm-hmm. You can't just write it into your backstory. Yeah. The most interesting thing that happens to you should not have happened in your backstory. <laughs> After you hit level 20, you shouldn't be like, yeah, all the cool things happened to me when I was in my backstory. What the yeah. fuck, DM? And it's like, like, the best days of my life were in high school. <laughs> yeah, like, look forward. Think about your own life. Do you want the most interesting things to happen want, in your past? Or do you want them to still be coming forward? I don't want to think about them. Anymore. <laughs> I don't. I mean, it's, it's a long time. You might fall asleep while you're... Yeah. Rewatching no. your life. Or just not remember any of it. No, That's high right. school sucked. You know? I was never a fan of high school. No, high school was god awful. I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think people actually forget about flaws a lot. Yeah. Now, I, you know, I was lambasting this guy for, for making a character that was like high leveled and then his power got drained by a lich. I do have to admit, I do have my own character that I've created a backstory for that I'll probably never get to play where he was a probably mid tier, uh, wizard. Who became a professor at a school, and then he suffered a stroke, and like he lost all of his magical abilities. And now, uh, because he's super obese, like basically (laughs) he has to lose weight or else he's gonna die from like heart failure. And so he decided that instead of exercising, he's just gonna go lead the adventuring life like he used to do in his youth and lose some weight that way. The problem is he always carries a bag of candy with him. So Uh, like, so what's his dex like four? Yeah, yeah, his dex is his dumb stat. <laughs> He's just like, oh, I'm not running over that. I might even impose like a, a, a decrease to his walking speed at that point. Like, <laughs> guys, wait up. <laughs> All right. Like, and, and, and not to say that my backstories are the greatest ever, but you can clearly see he has a flaw. It is a flaw of his own making. It is not a flaw that, oh, I ran into a lich and he sucked out my power because I had to come up with some excuse for me to be powerful in my past but now weak now for me to actually be in this game <laughs> like and he has a reason for adventuring he is trying to live even if venturing has a high mortality rate yeah no i can see that it makes huh. sense sure there's things i need to work on but it is an excuse for him to used to be powerful and now he is not he's just funny to talk about <laughs> i know oh I'll, I'll never get a chance to play him because i want to play so many other people but well, you I'll just get, introduce him into a story one. You gotta just, stop being a DM then. Oh no, hell no! I'll just yeah. introduce him as an NPC, and then he'll just follow you guys around and be like, "I want to get rid of him." Be like, "No, he's my character." <laughs> Great, Chris. We started a thing three-ish weeks ago mm-hmm. as a way to do stuff. Yeah, that's incredibly <laughs> vague. So we started a Patreon. Yes, that's what we did. Yes. We did it for a couple reasons. I would say, first off, we wanted to be able to provide more than we can currently do. We have to ask our wives for money every week. And we don't want this to just be a hobby. It's fun and it's a hobby, but we think we have the potential to turn it into an actual business. And which means a huge amount for you guys. 
Yeah, supporters. I mean, we'd be more consistent and throwing out adventurers. We would do this podcast more often. We get your advice more often about uh, what we should be working on next. You get access to all of our homebrew stuff in one central place. So it's, you know, you're not going through our entire website trying to find one specific thing that you remembered you'd read like six months ago, but you're not quite sure where it is anymore. Exactly. I mean, currently, I mean, right now on the website, we are putting articles out Monday. We have guest writers that we do every so often on Tuesdays. Which we would like to pay eventually. Yeah, that would be nice. We have Wednesday, you have your I'm building opus. a campaign. Yeah, you're building his own campaign. Which, if you guys haven't seen it yet, I'm building an open world adventure through an archipelago. I'm not selling it very well. But basically, I am talking about how I'm making a uh, a big old campaign and the steps I'm going through and how I'm making it. There's a lot of mechanics involved mm-hmm. and there's a lot of sea travel. Yes, a campaign diary. I think those are the words you're looking for. Sure. Um, and I'm not allowed to touch it. So you shouldn't care about Wednesday. Thursday, we put out in-depth article, uh, deep dive, rewind, or the podcast. Yep. Friday, my article comes out. Uh, yeah, no on one cares players. about exactly. So, I mean, you're looking at product each day of the week. Yeah, and we like doing it. Yeah, and eventually, you know, if if we can make enough, then we would do deep dives or rewinds every week, mm-hmm. and the podcast every week. And yeah. Chris Steve- will keep doing his Friday post every week. Yep, I know you're going to say that. We have the potential down the road of doing Stephen running one shots for some of our patrons. Yeah, and one of the other interesting things, you know, too, that we've talked about, we're lucky we live in Indianapolis. So Gen Con rolls around. Hey Gen Con. Yeah. So good. any of you that make it to Gen Con, we'd love to get together. You know, we are a little we started this a little too late to think about it now, but the second this Gen Con, I'm still there for you. Yes. I'll this, still be your boo. The second that the two thousand nineteen Gen Con ends, I'm definitely signing up Steven to run a table. <laughs> Actually I've been looking at I've been meaning to look into running a table at Gen Con to just yeah, keep forgetting about it yeah so there there would be the potential to be able to do that it'd be actually fun to meet people in person so there's a lot of things we currently do there's a lot of things we want to do and any support that we can get from our readers and or listeners is greatly appreciated good job chris thanks what are we talking about next chris you mentioned once or twice that way back when you used to dm for uh 1e right correct what type of DM were you? Were, were you like murder everyone and make the players feel bad? Or are you the one that like held their hands and it's like, it's okay, guys. We can take on this ancient red dragon together. No. Neither. <laughs> Neither. Well, I mean, there's only two types. Uh-huh. What were you? We played... Well, that's the the other thing, too, is you got to realize when you're 14, 13, 14, 15, you've read the books because you I had no life. But you, and especially one of you, you could wing a lot of rules. There was a lot of vague things in there. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, your monster, here's your average hit points. Like, you know how they put in the monster manual? It just said, hit dice, two plus two. So if you didn't prep beforehand, you're just rolling and figuring out what they have there. There weren't weren't as many guidelines that you had to follow. So you could kind of make things up on the fly. Yeah, we followed the rules. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to stop you right there. The average, like, and if you look in the monster manual for 5e, yes, they have the average health, and then they have a set of dice plus a modifier right. at the end of it. And, like, I always like to find the minimum there and then the maximum. So I'll, like, I'll, I'll do some quick math. So if it's, like, 2d4 plus 2, 
I know that the minimum is four, the maximum is ten, hmm. and then the average is. 2.557. Seven. So, like, you know, I have a good range, so I know what to work with with right. my monsters. But, right. I mean, they still have it. You're, I, I just want to make sure people were aware. No. Ooh, and you weren't being mean. No. We ran campaigns. Back in my day. Yeah. No. We, the campaign that I remember the most was, I mean, we ran it for two years. Okay. That's we, a long time to be playing a single character. Yeah. But, you know, they love, you know, when you're that age, you love your character i mean you've invested a lot of time and effort into your character i think that's longer than anywhere i've worked <laughs> probably yeah you and me both so i was i don't know if i would say i was a you know one of these people that prepped beyond belief but outside of running a, an occasional module i made my own maps and i knew where everything was so there was a lot of prep involved but you know i didn't they loved their characters so much i didn't want to kill them and if they did die by something stupid, we always figured out a way to bring them back. I think nowadays, yeah, I don't want to be like you and be a murder hobo DM, but that's a shtick. Yeah, I know. The you don't ever kill us for good. Well, I take that back. You've killed a couple people. Well, that's because they were idiots. It, I think it would be an interesting. There's a lot more balance, so I think it would be interesting to see how it worked out. My problem would be right now is. I'm not, well, I'd have to read the books. <laughs> yeah, oh no, reading the rules for the game we're playing. But Say it ain't so. Yeah, but I, I'm i not sure how good I'd be right away judging like, you know, oh, this is CR4, how many should I have versus my characters? And I, I know, have a calculator. Yeah, and I know how to do it. Or a lot of people like Cobalt Fight Club, but that, that takes away all of the... The knowledge of how you should be setting up encounters. Like, mm -hmm. because I know the back end of math, I have a better ability to just look at something and be like, yeah, I can just throw in like 10 of these and it'll be fine. Like, this won't overwhelm the characters. Yeah, math makes Whereas, my head hurt. Yeah, and, and, and I feel like if you're relying on a tool like Cobalt Fight Club, where you never look at that math behind of it, you're, you just hit a button and you're like, all right, cool. This will work. And, you you don't have that innate knowledge of how the uh, the game works, right? No, that's true, and I, I, that is not for everyone. I understand no. that. No, I get that. The I would not. I, I don't set the players up to fail. Don't get me wrong. That, that's not the point of being a DM. Everybody at the table is supposed to have, be having fun. Correct. You and the players. For you, Stephen, it's to make you come as close to death as possible. But. I think my challenge wouldn't be so much some of the things you do, how I remember doing it. And again, I can barely remember my name half mornings, half the morning I wake up. But there would be challenges where I would specifically put them in to make sure the characters are being realistic. Sometimes you have to run away. Yeah. You know, and, and that's part of the challenge that I would present is if you're facing overwhelming odds, you have to be smart. Yeah, and that's uh, part of just the old um, kind of the OSR type thing where it's mm -hmm. it's more about player knowledge, less about character knowledge. So players should know, hey, we're in a situation we can't win. We should run. Whereas kind of the newer style, especially with 5e, especially with 5e, it is less about the player knowledge and more on like it, it, it's supposed to be, excuse me. It's supposed to be more about character knowledge. You are role playing your character. And so do the awful sin of metagaming. Well, no, and. I get what you're saying, but let's, I don't know, use this example. When you're level four and there's a big-ass blue dragon 
Common sense says, no, time to go. I don't care. There's no way I think you as a DM can nerf a adult blue dragon enough that we can take it. It's yeah. just common sense. Well, and certain monsters shouldn't be nerfed. Like, there are, there are certain points where, like... That's why they have a young blue dragon right. for a lower level. Or uh, the... Um, I don't trust you enough to be a younger... Yeah, or there's like the baby dragons where, you know, wormlings. Right. And you could take them on. I mean, like, it, if you really want your party to fight a, a blue dragon, just use one of the lower stats. And I guess, you know, let's put it this way. I think I remember we I, the characters were like, I don't know, they were heading back to their town after a dungeon. And... On the way, I really think it was Kobolds, but I'm not going to give you the pleasure of saying it. I think they, you know, they ran into basically a horde of goblins. I mean, there were like 50 or 60 of them. I mean, back then, Kobolds were just cousins of goblins. Yes. So it was probably Kobolds. Probably. You know, common sense says, I don't care how, you know, they were, you know, they were probably at this point, like third or fourth level, which in 1E is pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. It's 50 or 60 creatures doesn't make a difference you run you know that's common sense that's not like "Mm, i'm not sure if we can take them that's "Mm, no we need to go and it it was part of a it was part of a plot device where they weren't supposed to fight them they were supposed to hightail it back to town because they needed to rally the townspeople because they knew that the goblins were marching on the town kobolds kobolds sorry (laughs) so that you know they figured, oh, they're about a day out because they were camping for the night. We got back here. We could rest, get everything ready, and then we're ready to fight the goblins, kobolds, Thank you. whatever they were. Thank you. It's not trying to make a challenge insurmountable by lack of knowledge. It's a common sense challenge. And like I said, you add in something later so that they can feel victorious against a creature or creatures that they couldn't defeat. Okay. So. Yeah, and... I- I would, when I was playing a game, I think I was a horrible player. Uh, kind you of said that a lot. <laughs> I think I'd be a horrible player. That, that's all. But like when I first started playing D&D, I was doing a homebrew campaign for only a couple of sessions. And the guy was like, I'm going to show you where all, like, here's your big quest. You need to find the missing townsfolk. I'm going to show you where the missing townsfolk are. And then he's like, and then it's up to you to decide what to do. I was like, well, obviously you want us to charge in, right? <laughs> so I was like, let's just go. And it's like, this was not his plan, actually. He wanted us to go do some political st- shit. And I was like, that was not clear to me. <laughs> yeah, I like hitting things. I thought we were killing them. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, and, the, you know, this happened last Friday, our last Friday session. I had a lot of time <laughs> to think about different things because players never follow the rules. Now, in a dungeon dive, it's easy. Okay, you're at a fork, left or right. Yeah. You have planned out for both left or right. So it's Wow, not, you planned? Yeah. Oh, I did a lot of planning. So there wasn't as much worry about the players just going totally off script. Now they did a lot. And to your point, you said it before, it's improv. Mm-hmm. And you're you're running with it. But I never found it frustrating. I actually found it kind of challenging to be like, oh shit, I didn't think they'd do that. I'm an idiot. Now what do I do? And you're kind of on the fly figuring it out. You do a great job of that. Especially when, you know, you set up this entire scenario for our session about stealing a gem and 
two guys decide to go off on their own and try and break in the night before they're supposed to steal it, and it all goes to shit. Because, you know, hey, I just spent three, four hours of my life. I'm never going to get back, so you fucknuts can totally do something different. 30 minutes. Whatever. It took um, me the longer time just to draw out the museum I'm that sure you guys were stealing this gym from. <laughs> and then I was like, and we're done. <laughs> so I'm very much an improv DM. Yeah, that stuff doesn't bother me. Okay. And I know it bothers some people. They get really frustrated when people go off script. Because in their mind, they spent all this time getting stuff ready. And, and not to say anything bad about having a script that you uh, that you want to stick to, but that, that becomes more of you're writing a novel. And mm-hmm. you want the players to do what's in your novel. Right. And where, whereas I have a, a different approach to that where it's, here's what's going on. Y'all figure out whatever the hell you want to do and yeah. I'll just make something up. <laughs> That's all we're doing here. Game of make-believe. And, Pretty much. And like, like if I plan things out, like I did a lot of planning uh, during my first campaign for Barovia where I was just like, you know what? <sighs> they never followed it anyways. I was just wasting my time. <laughs> Why do I plan so much? Uh, yeah. Now, I, now I can I can use that stuff that I planned with, but I learned a better way of planning was have rough outline of what things will happen. Have a couple of monsters that I remember the name of, so I can find it quickly in the monster manual, and you know just go forward, let you, them conquer. Yeah, you know, one of your strengths is being able to keep a relatively good poker face when we just veer completely off track. You get quiet for a second and kind of like that look right there. It's like, you really want to do this? <laughs> okay, here we go. You know, it, I've seen the few times I went to AL there, there, I was, I looked around the room and there were some DMs that just visibly looked angry at their players. I mean, just mad about what they were doing. Welcome to AL. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's not the point. The point is, and we've said it a million times. Players do dumb shit. Accept it as fact and roll with it. And that's kind of what I did. So what about you, Stephen? Me? Yeah, uh, I think we've covered that you're kind of a... You've gone from a massive planner to a rough outline and kind of roll with it. Yeah, so basically whenever I'm figuring out the campaign or like the session, then unless I need a building laid out, then it's it's pretty much I come up with the basic of idea of what's going to happen. If I need to make an NPC, I'll make a quick NPC. Most of the time, though, you guys just talk to random people. I'm like, I don't know. Their name's Bob. <laughs> this is Joe from Schmojo. I don't know. Yeah. And then I, you know, I I have a rough outline and then I just go with it. I, I don't bother figuring out what every, what every scene's going to look like because I don't know what you guys are going to do. You guys don't know what you're going to do until someone nope. does something stupid and then everything just kind of goes off the rails from there. Yeah, it falls completely apart and people die. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in improv. If, if you have the means to and you want to become better at improv, then either do a ton of D&D every week or go to improv class <laughs> As you've mentioned with the before. other adults. Yeah. The, Here's another reason that I don't know how good I would be as a DM now. I'm not saying I won't do it. I mean, it, it's an, it interests me. I am, I'm loving being a player, but you know, you've mentioned like you should do a one shot, and I'm like, well, I tell all the players to yeah. do a one. I think everyone should uh, take a turn behind the DM screen because it gives you a a different appreciation for the game. Right. Why I don't think right now that it would be a good idea is I would get pissed off at some of the people, at least the people at our table. Not that, and I'm not saying that it's their fault. It would be, it's on me. And I just know myself well enough to know if someone starts challenging what I'm doing, 
or starts telling me the rules, I'm going to get pissed. Yeah. You, you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, or you'll be like, you know, people will be like, are you sure I can't do an acrobatics check? And you're either like, yeah, sure. You're like, nope. And I'm in my brain works like, how dare you challenge me? I will smite you now. Roll a new character. I meteor swarm <laughs> exactly. Boulder falls out of the sky and lands on your head. You have an aneurysm. Anything to kill you. Well, no, no. This is a great way because then, uh, like, like if you're just like meteor swarm, people are like, what? It's like, yeah, uh, the city is being attacked. Roll for initiative. <laughs> just. You know, roll for it. And just go. It's like, why is it getting attacked? You'll find out in yeah. three sessions once you're done with the siege and I figure it out. Yeah, you angered the gods and that means me. So, uh, you littered. <laughs> <laughs> so, and again, that's not their problem. Ooh, they, now I really want to start a campaign where like, the, uh, like meteors are just falling from the sky and like every session, like, Roll a D100. There's a 2% chance you're going to get hit. <laughs> I'm leaving the city. <laughs> I'm going to go travel the woods. So, and, and I know they're just trying to help most of the time. Um, they're, they're, people aren't trying to be dicks, I don't think, in that situation. But my personality doesn't play well with that. And that's, that's a flaw I need to get over. Plus, there's people that will do the metagaming the power gaming and i know after a while i'm gonna be like will you just fucking stop my al group is just like overloaded with those little munchkins yeah and i mean you you're gonna just make monsters stronger <laughs> i don't care yeah. you're mellow about it you pull people aside afterwards you handle it the way it should be handled i've known myself pretty much all my life i can only reach a certain point and then i get mad and then i yell and that's not fun for anybody so I would need to work on that. Or I have to find an entire table of newbies who have no fucking clue what they're doing, so I can just do whatever the hell I want. But, I mean, there are also DMs that play a little bit looser with the rules. Like Matt Mercer, he is a more of a storytelling DM where he is uh, telling a story, he does all the fun voices and stuff. He's not super great on the rules. Like, he, he's even said, like, I, I forget the rules, and, you know, like, they're, they're not as important to him when it comes to telling the story. Right. And that's a perfectly acceptable way of DMing. There's also DMs that are like, we go by the rules. I'm not that stringent. I will stick with the rules as much as possible because we are playing a game and mm -hmm. we have all agreed to use these set core rule books. And if we don't follow the rule books, then people are going to start getting confused as to what we're doing. Right. Plus, I like rules. You know, they're, yeah. without them, civilization would collapse and we'd all die. And I'm not a fan of that outcome. <laughs> Anarchy could be fun for a little bit. No, and, and I, I, the powerful people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. And you described it perfectly. And again, it has nothing to do with the game or how the game's going to be played. It's on, it's a character flaw in myself that I'd be getting angry over something I shouldn't be getting angry about. It has nothing to do with the player. It has nothing to do with how the rules are being followed. It has to do with me being challenged by somebody. I don't deal with that very well. So I'd need to figure out how to, now I've learned how to deal with it with my wife. So maybe I can learn how to do it with players. Um, but it would be something where I'd have to figure out how not to get angry at people just because they're trying to do something because you're playing a fucking game and they want to try it. Everybody wants to try uh, parkour off, you know, the building and not die and roll 16. Like you just taken the stairs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I have I, like 20 decks. Yeah, I'm a player. <laughs> you players do dumb stuff all the time. I get that. I just don't know after a certain point how I'd react to it. Now, so pro to your point, a one-shot's probably a good idea. 
I think I can handle not getting pissed off for about four hours. <laughs> Your face slowly getting redder throughout the night. It's just like, guys, I think he's having an aneurysm. <laughs> Do you smell smoke? And my head hits the ground. So, I think the god's dying. <laughs> Quick, someone do something stupid. We've killed the almighty powerful being. So, I think it would be fun to try, but I think I'd have to find the right people to play with. Because I like the storytelling aspect of it, but I would have to plan out a lot more than you do, just because my knowledge of the rules isn't as deep as yours. Well, I think you just, like, before you start DMing, just be like, hey guys, rules are going to be a little bit looser. It's fine. Don't worry about it. We're just going to have fun and do something weird. Yeah. And I mean, I think... Let's get freaky. (laughs) No. Ew. Um, I think if I ran... Maybe that's what we should do is convert one of the old uh, 1E modules over to 5E. Just go through and edit it that way. Because it's pretty well spelled out. Yeah. And, you know, I would have to write something. I would have to run something that was put directly in front of me. I know what one you should run. It's uh, the one with the Kamikaze Kobold Corp. (laughs) God. They just have like a beat of force that explodes when they run into people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I know all about that. <laughs> Anyways, so that that actually could be a solution to it. A very simple one shot where, sure, they're going to still do dumb stuff all the time, like the bard seducing the servant girl during the big final battle and just banging her in the bedroom. That ugh. I can deal with that. I can deal with stuff like that, but... If it's progression from A to B to C and you have four hours to do it, a good DM, and I don't know if I would have that skill, can steer them the right way. Sure, yeah. let them do dumb crap. And, and when players are playing a one-shot, they they should realize, like, hey, there are certain things we need to get done. We don't really have time to just lollygag and, right. you know, shoot the shit. Like, there's a set goal in mind for this one-shot. And, you sh- like, and players should realize that. Like, we got shit to do. Right. Let's get this shit done. That actually sounds like it could be fun. I can do that in 2021. Oh, no. oh good. Um, oh, you could do it right after we watched the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Uh, God. And you could run that story. Mm-hmm. Sure. No. I hope they get Jeremy Irons back for it. Oh, God. Maybe he bought another castle. <laughs> but, so. Yeah. And also talking about like different DM styles, like, well, did you have like a certain flavor where you like, I guess when I say flavor, like for me, like I, I, like my shtick is, you know, it's uh, I, I go to the table and I'm like, all right, so uh, everyone dies and uh, let's go ahead and reroll new character. Like, you know, <laughs> I act like a dick, but I'm not actually a dick. Like, no. like it's it is more of uh, for fun, you know. Like I, I put on like this persona is just like, all right, so I'm just gonna go ahead and destroy the world. I don't really <laughs> care about your hopes and dreams, uh, and you guys are kind of like stopping it yeah stopping me a kind of like i'm not being an asshole in the game what i'm doing is i'm putting on persona that is a an an asshole of it but i'm not doing it so much that i'm going to make you guys start crying or i'm just killing characters for no reason right right or like you know like being like actually evil it's it's just you know just for fun like did did you have that going on with like with your game or were you more of, uh, you know, a, a neutral participant, or were you guys like, uh, I think you guys should uh, check out that one chest you guys missed, and like, there's a bunch of gold in there. No, I was because I would totally say that, and then it just be a mimic. <laughs> I know. Oh God. Yeah, there's a chest in the middle of the room. Nothing else in the room. It's fine. Yeah. Totally fine. It's a house hunter. Go open it. It's a greater mimic. Yeah. No, the chest. The chest is actually real. The whole room's a mimic. <laughs> uh, I was definitely not a handholder. 
Okay. Uh, it, it was <laughs> actually looking back, and I do the exact same thing you do to us. Where you know they they'd see the chest and they'd be like, "Nope, it's a mimic. mimic we're going to keep going." And then you know, at the end of the campaign, at the not, at the end of the session, you know, if let's say they had left, or you know, as long as they couldn't really go back, be like. Yeah. You probably should have looked at that. Here's what you missed out. <laughs> That's where I kept this super powerful artifact. Yeah, exactly. And you've done that to a couple to us a couple of times. You're like, yeah, like, so you know, what if we had done this? And you'd be like, well, you'd have this magic item, but you don't. So, oh well. And it's like, god damn it, let's go back. It's like, ah, it's gone now, yeah, forever. Exactly. <laughs> Someone else came it. <laughs> So uh, I did that. But I wasn't out to kill players. There's no, it's not fun if you're killing players. That's not to say if they didn't do stupid stuff, they died. You know? I mean, that's what happens at our table right now. If you're being an idiot, you kind of deserve to die. And players, I think, realize that. Yeah. Uh, so you don't set them up for failure, but at the same time, I would set them up for challenges that they'd have to make the intelligent move, whether it's either back off, regroup and go back, run away or fight. One of the guys played a paladin, and all he wanted to do was hit things. That's it. I mean, he was he was pretty strong, and he just loved running up and hitting stuff. And then we had a magic user. I don't know. I'm kind of drawing a blank. This was a long time ago, but it was a pretty well-balanced party. It was like a fighter or a thief, a magic user, and I think we had another fighter. So fighters want to hit things. Wizards want to throw fireballs, and thieves just want to steal stuff. But common sense would dictate, mm, probably shouldn't hit all that stuff. And they'd, they'd argue all the time. And yeah. I'd just kind of lean back and be like, this should be fun. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. I didn't actually have to plan that much. Today. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, you know, and I would do, you've mentioned this before. I would do the occasional, mm, that's what you want to do? You know, and the tone of voice should give away that. that might yeah, be but a in bad the moment, idea. no one ever like recognizes that. Oh tone God, of no, voice. I don't. The, it's like I've a got, dog whistle where everyone's like, "I don't hear it." Yeah, I've gotten better at looking at your face and being like, "Ooh, time to go." Didn't work last week. Yeah, no, no, no. I too much momentum. Had to yeah. keep going. I just had an idea in my head and just had to follow it to the end. The so that that's kind of it, and I think now it would be the same thing. It's a series of challenges that you're setting up for players. Whether or not they, A, do them, or just decide to go randomly do something else, and B, making them think. You know, making the, it, it's having them have a chance, each one have a chance to use their abilities so that they feel like they're involved in the game. And that's hard. You know, that's, that's the part of the rules that I would probably have to work on the most. Learning, okay, these monsters are for these guys. You know, these monsters are for the frontline fighters. These monsters, yeah, the frontline fighters are pretty strong, but hey, now we're talking to the guys that use magic. They need to be, they're more involved in this fight because it's this type of creature, so on and so forth. Um, that I don't think I'd feel comfortable with yet, but that's just reading through the monster manual and asking you a million questions. <laughs> so. There's a, there's a lot more challenges I see on being a DM now, uh, but at the same time, there's a lot more rules that Well, I think as do. a child, you just didn't care about all those other rules. Right. That's true. So that might be it. And Whereas now, now, like, when you were a small child, you were like, rules? Fuck that. I'm not reading that much. And then, whereas now, like, you see, oh, God, there are a lot more rules than I remember. And I think that's, that, that's more of, like, 
know, rose-colored glasses for how it used to be. Yeah. Well, I also don't have to worry about the one guy that would be like, hey, I never rolled for psionics. Do I have any, do I have mental abilities? It's like, fucking no, you don't. <laughs> uh, if you never rolled for it, then no. <laughs> no, you don't. No one's going to, like, no one's God's gonna- not going to give you the ability to move rocks with your brain. <laughs> so... Learning the rules is a little intimidating, not that much, quite honestly. I'd have to take a lot of notes because I've been hitting the head too many times. But there are, there's so many more tools at your disposal. There's a lot more information. Yeah. I mean, the, the checks alone, being able to be like, oh, yeah, make a perception check. That, that's, that's a number I make up in my head. Yeah. That's, I know. I can, I can tell. You have no fucking clue. No, you just have to know. DC five is easy. DC 10 is medium. Right. DC 15 is hard. DC 20 is extremely hard. And then DC 25 is like next to impossible. And then I think DC 30 is impossible. Yeah. No. And, and, and that part I get, you know, that's just a simple, yeah. You know, it's more of, Oh, wow. If they're going to try this in this room, I don't have to try and figure out like, Oh, where are they going to go? There were no real checks. Mm-hmm. But now you can say, like, make a perception rule. Or, you know, if they're being mean, they're trying to bully this, you know, character into doing something, then you'd have to take a, you know, you were making shit up based on their charisma. And then if they were trying to physically assault them, their strength, there was no guideline for that. First, now you're like, hmm, make an intimidation check. That makes it easier in my brain. It really does. There's a lot more dice rolling. But to have those tools that you're, to have those tools, at your hands, you know, available to you makes it easier instead of having to actually coming up with scenarios on the fly is one thing. Coming up with rules on the fly is a whole nother issue. And you did, did that a lot. I did at least. No, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the fun thing. It's like, oh, there's no rules for this. Uh, go ahead and give me a random check while I think of something. <laughs> exactly. But there are some basic guidelines that you can work off of. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe not. There'll be a limited... Can I record you while you do it? No. So you can play it on the podcast and just rip it apart? I'll come... See, the problem with Chris is... Yeah, I'll come home one day and you'll be doing the podcast by yourself in my house since the equipment's here. I'm like, what are you doing? You'll be like, click, nothing. <laughs> Special Patreon podcast. I make fun of Chris. <laughs> oh. No, 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 we'll also do a video record so I can upload it to YouTube. No. And just like, I'll like circle your expressions, and be like, see, so this is this the is look when- of terrified rage. Yeah, and this is when he got angry. And, and this is when he got angrier. <laughs> this is what happens to his table when he gets angry. <laughs> There's just like, you like ripped yeah. off chunks of the table. There's Chris after his aneurysm. <laughs> no, it, you know, it would have, again, right, right people at the table, right adventure for the yeah, first time. Enough coffee. And, so that you're happy. Yeah. And I don't know, reading the books. Reading the books cover to cover. Oh, I wouldn't do that. I still haven't read the DMG cover to cover. But or right. the PHB. Reading the right parts then too. I've read more. Or Mordekainen's or Volos or Xanathar's. I've read the PHP up to the spells. Or Curse of Strahd, even though I ran that adventure. Yeah, well still. <laughs> Water Deep. I want that one too. But reading sometimes reading the it's like reading stereo instructions. It gets boring. <laughs> it's like, oh Jesus. So that's my long rambling thing about DMing. Chris, thanks for talking with me again for mm-hmm. a while and so I can make fun of you. Okay. Anybody we want to say hi to? Well, oh, there's something. If you haven't uh, had a chance to go on the website in a while, we are, we've had a couple guest writers. Our first one uh, was Zach from A Bite of D&D. Yeah. Um, nice, show notes. Yep. Nice little uh, short podcast. Talks about some interesting stuff. 
And our second one, which came out, well, for us two days ago. Yeah. And for when you guys hear this last week, week, was by (laughs) our friend Ben at the table, whose actual name I never knew was James. (laughs) It's like you don't care a thing about these players. I, I didn't. No one's ever said, he's never said his name is James. How the hell am I supposed to know? You steal his driver's license when he isn't looking. No. I'm so scared. then you can look him up on Facebook, make sure he's not a creeper. No, I'm scared of Ben. That's, and that's what my wife did for everyone. Ben does a, what's his podcast? Dice, or Friends with Dice. Friends with Dice, that's right. And Wait. that, it's a live action, they play more. Yeah, it's an games. actual play uh, yeah. podcast, but they do a couple, of, uh, I think right now they were doing a zombie uh, uh Teacher RPG, but I don't remember what it was called. Right. So there's another person to check out. The both their uh, both their articles are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll so link them both. Take a look at both about making better monsters for yes your, uh, for your for your table. Right. So that was good. So take a look at those articles. Take a look uh, if you get a chance. Take a look at their podcast. You know, after you listen to ours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Make make sure you finish. <laughs> Redownload it. Our our podcast multiple times. <laughs> Tell your friends. Or if you didn't like it, tell your enemies. And, uh, yeah. All yeah. right. And as always, say goodbye, Stephen. No. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Just, no. Goodbye. I'm cutting that. I have the power to cut anything I want. I am the fuck. Exactly. I went blank. <laughs>